HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, helping restaurants bring hospitality online. Learn more at getbento.com slash opening soon. That's G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com slash opening soon. I'm Brian Kenny, and you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, they've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, and welcome to Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. We are your hosts, Jenny Goodman. And I'm Alex McCreary. Opening Soon is a weekly show that will walk you through the steps of opening a restaurant through conversations with some of the world's greatest chefs, restaurateurs, and the vendors that help take their business from an idea to opening soon. If you listen to the first episode, you'll know that Jenny and I are hospitality veterans currently operating fashion workwear brand Tillet NYC, outfitting over 4,000 restaurants around the globe. We've also had the humbling experience of opening and closing a restaurant in under six months. I guess you could say we're the fastest restaurateurs that you know. Our experience working with all these restaurants, many of which have been in the startup phase, coupled with our failure, are the reason we're behind the mic and behind the questions. We'll leave it up to the experts on our show to provide the answers. So if you're just joining us for this first 12-episode season, we'll sequentially take you through the steps of your business plan. From choosing the right partners to the design to getting those doors actually open, we will be picking the brains of industry leaders each episode to educate, entertain, and inspire you on your journey from idea to opening soon. Before we introduce you to this week's guests and topic, we wanted to wrap a few nuggets of wisdom from last week's show about building a better restaurant business plan. Number one, don't skimp on the opening cash reserve, i.e. make sure you have enough money to get through the opening months. Number two, look at as many spaces as possible. If you recall, Hugo and Ryan from Butler Bake Shop looked at over 40 spaces before deciding on the one that they chose. Number three, pay yourself. If you're not happy, if you're not paid, your employees and your customers will notice. Number four, consider incentivizing advisors and vendors with sweat equity. Can't afford to pay a great accountant? Try and bring them on as a partner. Number five, excite investors with future growth. 
while you don't need to go into depth of restaurant number two or operation number three, at least having some growth to get investors excited makes a lot of sense. So now that we've had a recap, let's get on to our topic today, which is partnership. Hospitality professionals are historically understaffed, overworked, and hyper-focused on their tasks at hand inside their businesses. That doesn't leave much time for mingling with or courting investors, business partners, and the people you need to start your journey from an employee to an owner. So how do you find that perfect match? Well, today, we are so pleased and thrilled to have partners and Bowery Restaurant Group here today. We have Vicki Freeman, who's a co-owner. We have Aisha Nurjaya, who is the chef partner at Shuka. And we have Anna Marie McCullough, who's a partner and the director of operations for the group. They are true industry veterans. Vicki and Mark, her chef partner, as well as Chris Paris, so I won't butcher his last name, <laughs> opened their first restaurant together in 1999. Was that the? 98. 1998, so over 21 years ago. Called Five Points, which is now where Vic stands today. They have since built an impressive mini restaurant empire, including Cook Shop, Vic's, Rosie's, and Shuka. And they are the type of restaurateurs that attract low, low, that attract loyal diners with their dedication to green market ingredients, well-executed, honest cooking, and welcoming spaces. So thank you all for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you so for having us. So happy to have you. So just let's give a quick background to the guests about how you got into the hospitality industry in the first place. Well, I did everything in my power not to be in the hospitality industry. <laughs> uh, my first job was at Bob's Big Boy in Encino, California, and I was 15. And I have to say, that is where I got the bug, because I loved, I actually loved being in the restaurant, and I couldn't believe at that time at 15 how much money I made. So that was great. But from then on in, I was always in the restaurant business while I was getting myself through school. You know, I always, I paid my way through college. I went to I hate to say this. I went to nine different colleges. Always nine different nine. Wow. colleges? I went to nine. I'm sort of famous for it. Because I... You must have How learned do you even have time, time to go to nine colleges? Some I went, some I went to multi, too. I went to San Francisco State University while I was going to the Academy of Art College. At, I've tried to NYU Film School. I went to Columbia. I went, you name it. I went mm-hmm. always looking for something to do while all the time what I was doing was what I really should have been doing. You know, but no one in my family, you did not... You did not work in restaurants. Restaurants were a means to an end, not the end of the means. So yeah. it, you know, so that's how it happened for me. And Anna Marie, you sort of fortuitously got into restaurants as well. So I um, I'm originally from Ireland and I came here for a summer in uh, 1990 uh, with the only goal at hand uh, to get a, a suntan. Um, so uh, that didn't work out. So I uh, <laughs> stayed to work in restaurants. Um, so I started with all kinds of jobs um, just to, for a summer, and um, there was uh, I, I overstayed my welcome on my J one visa. Um, I have since got an amnesty that arrived <laughs> six months later, which is you know uh, that's a whole other story. But um, so I didn't know anything about restaurants or anything like that, but I did grow up in a family business, and I know how to take care of people. Um, so I had that and, uh, I applied those skills to the jobs I was doing. One was an A&P checkout girl. One was a, a house cleaner and, uh, one was a babysitter and, uh, another was working in a, a garden. But the, when I was working for the, the man that, uh, I was house cleaning for, he said, Oh, you know, maybe you should go into more 
I like taking care of things. I'd help him with some of his dinner parties, that kind of thing. So he's like, oh, you should get into, go to restaurants. So uh, to make a long story short, I met with somebody that he had set up that interview. Um, I was to meet with somebody and it was to, you know, talk about restaurants, learn about them, go to school and then move into that world. Uh, so the guy I was supposed to meet didn't show. So I met, they set me up to meet with their waiter there uh, who was from County Kerry. His name was Bill. I don't think I've ever seen him since, but uh, he did steer me on the right direction. And um, he said, well, you know, how, what do you mean you're going to go to school for restaurants? Like, do you, do you even know, like, have you ever worked in a restaurant? I said, I don't even eat out. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so um, he directed me to a couple of Irish restaurants. And uh, the man that I had worked for house cleaning had told me to make sure I was dressed well. Um, so all my savings were spent on buying a suit and getting my hair done. And it seemed all a waste. But I said I would, uh, on the same day, go to the places the guy Bill recommended. One of them was an Irish place. And uh, simply because I well presented, um, not because I knew how to do anything in a restaurant, was how it happened. So I worked in that restaurant for five years and, and waited tables. And, uh, you know, like Vicky, in, in a way, you know, I'm on the phone to my mother in Ireland. She's like, you're working in restaurants, you know, and you had gone to college all the rest of it she expected a different outcome for me so I broke away for a minute to work in an office and I remember being on a beautiful day sitting looking outside wondering what they were doing in the restaurant that day and because it was an outdoor restaurant and I was like yeah I don't want to be stuck in an office so went back to the restaurants then I said it's time for me to go to the next step of what that is and I wound up working um, getting a job as a training manager at uh, Be Our Guest Restaurants, and I worked there for 11 years. I learned so much, like started at the bottom as a trainee and finished as a director of operations. Um, and then the birth of my second daughter, I was like, I can't give everything to everyone, so I need to make some decisions. So I just want a job where I can come in and go to work and do a great job and go home. Um, and that's how, you know, I had worked with Chris, um, Vicky's, and Mark's other partner um, at Be Our Guest, and I met with him and I said, hey, you know, do you know anywhere that's looking for somebody? So that's how I wound up working at the Bowery Group restaurant. So I started there as a breakfast manager, and that's 10 years ago. Wow. And I love one nugget that Vicky shared with us before was that Anna Marie is actually the only manager you had never met, but you trusted Chris so much as a partner that mm -hmm. you just were like, okay, I trust you, and you brought her on, and 10 years later, she's also a partner in the group. So yeah. I love that that little nugget. So Aisha, tell us, how did you become a chef and get involved in this crazy business? My goodness. It's been uh, <laughs> close to 15 years now. I was pursuing a career in law because my parents forced me to. Um, when I was <laughs> in kindergarten, I know. Parents, listen. Parents, listen. Kindergarten. I think the principal. My mother was late picking me up from the bus. She had uh, my brother, so she, my mother's notoriously late for everything. However, uh, he said, I think that Aisha can walk and talk herself out of anything, but you need to be there to pick her up out of school. And then she had it in her head that I would be a good lawyer since I had the gift of gab. And uh, I was working in a law firm one day on a case, and I was getting really frustrated. And I spoke to my boss, and he basically said, take the rest of the day off. And um, I was not happy. And I wrote down on a piece of paper, everyone tells you, like, do what you love to do. And I can't remember the order, but I wrote music, diamonds, and cooking. 
Because the diamonds are cracking. What was the plan Why with not the diamonds? diamonds? How did you know? How did you know <laughs> I walked into the path? New York Gemology School in the Diamond District, and I said I want to study diamonds, and the woman laughed at me, and she said, not many people get to do that. Less than 10% of people actually do. I just wanted to be dazzled myself in jewels, and yeah. I felt like that was the most discounted way <laughs> to get in there quickly. I, I like how you said that. And that was it? You were out? You're... That was out. So that's strike one. Damn. The second music thing was I wanted to pursue a career as a DJ because I loved Vegas and I wanted to gamble and uh, be a big time DJ but I thought that that probably wasn't really lucrative and uh, the third was I went to the New York um, it was called it's still called ice but it was in, in the old school which was on 23rd and 6th Avenue and I spoke to one of the advisors and she took me around to look at the classrooms and I was like this is where I was meant to be and uh, forever I, I watched Lydia Vestianich on television and she had those blessed, gorgeous grandma hands, and I wanted to cook everything that she did. So I went to school, uh, worked in the law firm during the day, went to school at night, and then I uh, started at Philidia as basically a dishwasher and worked my way up to sous chef from there. Wow. The story of how she got into Philidia is worth a whole episode on its own. <laughs> we'll bring you back we'll bring for it that back. one. We'll bring it back. So tell me a little bit about how you started the partnership in the first place, Vicki, when you met, you know, how did you come together with Mark and Chris and say, these are the right partners for me and we're going to go into business with five points. You know, I think probably the way in which we do everything is there's no real way of doing it. It's not, there's not one sort of thing that happened. I mean, very separate different ways in which it happened with either, both of them. With Anne-Marie, it just, uh, we were just amazed daily at who she was, how incredible she was at running cook shop. Um, and I just thought, we really want to grow. And we need another, I needed another half of me. Yeah. You know I mean, someone who could do the front of the house, someone who could do, and I know who I am and I know all my talents and organization and that kind of thing, not my thing. So I looked at Anna Marie and I was like, this is a leader. She can run things. But it was really, uh, I always say this about the partners. It's a really, it's just one of the most important things you could ever decide to do. And it's not just about, what she could do it's way more about who she was I knew that I just trusted her inside and out I knew that you know we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to do stuff but that the right spirit was going to be there and so that's really how it happened with Anna Marie with Aisha it happened because we were doing um she was the chef at uh 100 Acres and long story on this but you know one day we sort of said to her, what do you really want to be cooking? And she was like Middle Eastern. And, you know, it just sort of morphed, morphed in that way. And all of a sudden I was like, let's just open. This is like she's a genius. Let's open up a Middle Eastern restaurant with her. And it seemed I just knew for the, almost the same reasons as Anne Marie, but in a completely different position. I was like, I want to do more things with this woman. I want her to be part of this group. I did completely trust her. I thought her vision was incredible. And. You know, I was like, let's do more things. Was it, wait, I, was Aisha the first chef to come in as a partner besides Mark? No, or? Hillary Sterling was Hillary our first, first partner. I think just for a little bit of clarification for our listeners that uh, Vicky, along with Chris and her husband, Mark Meyer, were founding partners of the Bowery Group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're joined with Anna Marie and with, um, with Aisha. Aisha that were both employees of the group and then have worked their way right. up through the ranks and then into partnership, which is, you know, something that, that I think a lot of people are looking to get to. Anna Marie, when did, when did you officially, how long did you work for the company? And then when did you officially, what year did you become a partner? 
So I, uh, 2015, I was, um, was our official, probably actually 2014 because, uh, I associate my partnership with uh, the opening of Rosie's. Um, so, um, so that opened in May of two or April of 2015. So, um, I would say the year before that, um, was when I officially became a partner. And when did you start working at Cookshop? Uh, 2009, I started okay. there. And I started as the breakfast manager, as I said. And uh, then You had quite a bit of experience. You were already the operation, doing operations at Be Our Guest, uh, right? Be Our Guest, okay. yeah. So, um, she so was it the was the most over-experienced breakfast manager <laughs> that anyone's it ever had. Was, I was just, but it was that's a great, ridiculous. It was a great fit at the time. Sometimes you take a step back to take a step forward or two steps forward. Or you don't even know, you know. So um, and it, again, I think you, we talked about this in, earlier, having pizza at Roberta's. That um, again, it was about the people, right, more than the opportunity to some degree that it was that you knew that you were joining the right. Group of people. And having known Chris before that, you know, right. I was like, we were able to speak the same language, you know, so we, as I said, we had worked together. So I knew I was coming into that environment, you know, um, and I hadn't actually met Vicky and, uh, but I remember us sitting down and stuff like that. And we were on the same page from the beginning, you know, and, uh, you know, as we talked earlier, it's like, it was a great environment for me to come in and to be able to feel, no matter what I was doing, I felt I was an owner, if that makes any sense. Um, Vicky, Mark, and Chris have this unique, for me, way of making me feel that, uh, yes, make your own decision. You're part of it. I could make an impact, I guess that's what it is. And to uh, be allowed to make the impact, and it was, you know, I was lucky enough to have... Um, great experience coming from Be Our Guest. I had learned a lot from that time. Um, but to be able to exercise some of those things and, and to make an impact and to make it better for everybody, you know, um, to be allowed to do that, I think that's really cool, you yeah. know. It's great. I mean, that's a huge thing. and It's a testament to giving people runway to make sure that they feel partnership and, and ownership from, from the beginning. And Aisha, your transit, so you have a really interesting transition too because you came on as an executive chef and then you know, through the relationship. Tell us how that unfolded and when it was the, the aha moment that these are your partners. I think that uh, 100 Acres was very much farm to table and I was sneaking in turmeric and other, <laughs> uh, <laughs> other little cumin dust. And uh, we just sat down one day and realized that the vision of 100 Acres wasn't clear. People were coming, uh, looking for that fried chicken and waffle, and I was trying to give them lamb tagine. <laughs> so we decided that because the vision at this point, I think, was really clear. We had ran this really successful New Year's Eve that we do every year since then, and we had done a falafel pop-up that 100 Acres really needed an identity, and that's when we went to but shoot But tell them it. what the New Year's Eve was. Oh, a night in Marrakesh. We recreated... It still is, uh, right? Uh, it is. That's what it's yeah. called, yes. Yeah. So we recreate like a shook feeling. We have a belly dancer, a tarot card reader. Uh, we had a belly dancer with a hookah on his head this year, and we, <laughs> and we it really sells tried. out every year. So mark your calendars, yeah, exactly. people. Exactly. I hear out the menu quickly. is endless. And she basically will cook <laughs> anything you want. Cook you anything. <laughs> it's a How many items were on the menu the first year? <laughs> the first year, thirty-nine. Oh, yeah. has that been added down ever? It, it has. Okay. Oh, really? Thirty-seven now. <laughs> We, we gear up by uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> then we started worried about New Year's Eve. People don't sleep between uh, Thanksgiving and New Year's. And uh, I think that at that point, with the success of New Year's Eve, and we had done a falafel pop-up, and now we were going to close f- 
and put some tiles up on the wall and create Shuka, it was when I was approached about being a partner. And I didn't say yes right away. Ooh, they had to court you. Mm -hmm. Tell us more. I'm into the courting. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think uh, what we touched on earlier while we were enjoying uh, our pizza at Roberta's was when you're a chef and uh, you're creating these pathways for you and really wanting to have a a future, you really need to align yourself with the right people. And part of that is not just taking partnership or being, you know, being lured by that carrot, but making sure that you're aligning yourself with people where you can see growth, people that do value your opinion, um, where you want to see that you can, like Anna Marie said, like make an impact. And it's not that someone is, you know, I know some chef friends that have partnerships, but they're being force fed what they have to cook and put on their menu. So you have to create your own destiny in that way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, partnership is like a relationship. Yeah. You are courting each other for... Right, the, the the long and the short of it, yes. and uh, through the good and the bad times, and you really want to make sure that you share the same things as far as you know quality of life, mm-hmm. as far as vision and ethos of your own restaurant. You know, do you if if you know the restaurant industry is so difficult, so you want to make sure that those big decisions are kind of out of the way, yeah. so you can deal with the nuts and bolts of the the daily. You guys have all mentioned a shared vision, um, which I think is really key and very important to partnership. So how how do you guys ensure there's a shared vision and on places of differentiation, what happens? How do you work through it? It's called owner's meeting. Knockout. <laughs> <laughs> do you hear a moment of silence on that one? We have a lot of meetings. We talk about everything at nauseum. Uh, I don't know if we've ever had anything, you guys can speak to this, but have we had anything that was monumental that we couldn't come to the same page on? I don't know if you guys maybe think, maybe they think there has been something. No, we hash it out, and some of the meetings are, let's just say, more passionate than others. Um, <laughs> Passion is good. I think yeah. at times it's definitely <laughs> compromise yeah. in a good mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that all these meet and these meetings oh my god some days we you know all you've done is have meetings and you're absolutely exhausted and you almost feel like you've done no work but we've actually done great work in hashing things out coming to solutions identifying problems um and 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 we need each other to give all of our and when i say like chris mark all sitting around a table because we all have a different way of looking at it and usually we come to the right solution with all angles covered you know what I mean and I think that if there's anybody ever feels that they're absolutely adamant about something then they're heard you know and I think that's is that the question yeah no that's that's great we talked a little bit about um kind of how different you guys are personally and then how that sort of translates into your role within the restaurants, um, I think in a lot of ways that that makes a lot of sense to, are you f- specifically finding people that counter your own assets or is it just, has, did it work out that way that you're all very different people and I'd say a bit s- of still both work together really is well? really it. You know, we, I, I think we're uh, certainly s- us three are self-aware of our strengths and weaknesses and, um, you know, one of the biggest things I think that's very important in a partnership in any partnership you know and we all we have them in all of our lives our, our, our children our parents our husbands our wives girlfriends whatever we it's all about um, the other person has to feel heard and um, 
I think that's, with all these different personalities, we're going to hear different views. And our restaurants are full of different people, so we need to have different views um, so that we can hear all of them. So I think that's... Uh, do we look for people that are different? I think we're well-rounded out right about now, right, at the moment. But, um, you know, if there's a new perspective or new way of looking at something or doing something that can balance the rest of us out in a way that we don't even know yet, we're, I would imagine we're open to all of that. We are, but I don't think we go looking. Certainly, the one right. thing I can say for sure is we never go out looking for a partner. It's not like. But even some, when you were considering, you know, bringing in Aisha and Anna Marie, were you conscious that they were going to be, you know, bring something entirely different to the business and to the group than yes. what you already possess? Yes. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people will get down the road with, you know, trying to start a, start something up, and they'll realize that the partner that they have, they both share the same creative desire, they both share the same skill set. And while that may seem really, you know, they can bond over something, does that make them great business partners? Maybe, maybe not. Um. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say, as, as the group has changed and things have sort of evolved and now you have, you know, four restaurants and counting, um, how has like your role and your partner sh- as, as a partner and as an owner changed, Vicky, and, and like with bringing in other people? What have you relinquished and what have you taken on? I actually think the biggest, the most difficult thing for me was relinquishing anything. (laughs) (laughs) I never realized what a freaking control freak I was and how I just wanted my hands in everything. And it was like, that's been the hardest part. And I think it's been the hardest part. You know, I'm going to speak for him who's not here, which is great. But, you know, my husband, Mark, was sort of the executive chef of the whole company. And now there's like real chefs. In, not that there weren't real chefs, but Uh-oh. there's. <laughs> but Mark there's, is a real chef. That's no, all we said. No, 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 he is. But I'm saying he, the way you can be a chef in one restaurant mm-hmm. is different than the being a chef that oversees sort of everything. And I think for all of us, I think it's been a, the biggest thing is learning how to relinquish things and trust and not the trust I had trust in them or I wouldn't have picked them but you're I don't know if I'm saying this right letting go is yeah, difficult go. delegating it's so hard oh, especially delegating. when you're like an entrepreneur you're it's your it's your baby so. delegating is very difficult I'm really getting excellent at it though <laughs> good and Aisha what about you so your role changed you know from a higher chef to now a partner in the company you know what what has changed what what do you feel like has changed since that's happened I think that, um, you know, going back to relinquishing, uh, you know, just giving my sous chefs more power. My sous chef Carla has been with me for eight years and we're opening a new restaurant soon. And I think that she's going to step up and be a great chef to cuisine at Shuka. But that transition for her and me to take a transition on a step back is also a little difficult at times. You know, I watch her expedite and I'm like right there and I'm like, keep it shut, keep it shut, keep it shut. (laughs) And then then sometimes you can and sometimes you can't and sometimes I have to point things out to her. Yeah. Um, but I think that learning to trust people and hopefully making the right choice by putting these people in places. So it has yeah. been, you know, transition. Yeah, we always say that too. It's like, I see it more with childcare, but I see it in business too. It's like, it's not doing it how I necessarily would have done it, but is it wrong? Maybe not, you know? <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's those things. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with some more. Okay. Seven years ago, Zach left his desk job with the vision to create a craft beer shop and bar in Alphabet City, a neighborhood of Manhattan. Zach and his business partner wanted to create a space that felt like an extension of your living room. As a Cicerone, 
he wanted to provide informed and friendly service to his neighborhood guests. ABC Beer Company has gained a large following in the craft beer community. Bento Box helped ABC Beer Company build an online image and beautiful new website that features a rotating tap list and has inquiry forms for custom beer orders and more. ABC Beer Company is one of 4,000 restaurants that's powered by Bento. Visit getbento.com slash opening soon to learn more. Welcome back to Opening Soon. Uh, we're joined again with uh, Vicky, Aisha, and Anna Marie from uh, the Bowery Group and from Shuka Restaurant. And just kind of a recap of the couple points that I think we made about partnerships in the first half was that I found the most interesting is I think most all that you guys keep talking about that makes a ton of sense is about who the people are rather than necessarily just what they bring to the table on a resume or something. And I think somebody said once, not, it's not about what you can do, but who you are. Um, it's about aligning yourself with people that see growth. And it's about aligning your people with, aligning yourself with people that share a vision of the restaurant, that share a vision of quality of life. Um, and I think that those are really good points for anybody that's out there looking for partners or, or getting ready to start their own, their own business. Yes, just a couple more questions. So what advice do you have for people entering into this sort of work marriage of sorts? We all look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to think about it. I mean, I think take it slow. I think keep your eyes open and really look at who the other people are. Don't jump in and don't go, I just really want a partner or this will be great. You know, I... I think you really have to know what you're looking for. For me, with them, I wanted people that were going to be as all in as I was because I did have a partner a while ago and nothing wrong with it, but really she wanted, and I'm all for this, but she really wanted a family. She really only wanted to work very little. She wanted, and good for her for being probably smarter than me, but <laughs> but I wanted to know that if I'm going to be doing this, to be doing it with like-minded people. I would say have patience and don't be quick to um, sometimes like when you're at a meeting or you're trying to say your opinion and you hear someone else's like you're, you listen to what your partners have to say because sometimes they know better because they have more experience than you do and sometimes you have to sleep on it before you make a decision. The sleeping thing I really learned from Aisha, <laughs> so I want to say thank you about that. Um, I, I, I think the most important thing about a partnership um, as a going into it is is listening. And, and uh, you know, like Vicky said, you take it slow, know who the people are, um, and know that they are going to be as all in as you are, you know. And uh, I think the work ethic thing is the same. You cannot be upset at somebody else's lack of work or lack of contribution so you have to know them a little bit I think before that you know yeah the work ethic is a, is a big one for sure Aisha you, had, you brought up a point earlier that I think is interesting for the chefs that are listening and and the like desire to have partnership is is more than you know just a shared dividend it's more than being able to stamp your name as an owner of the business it's there's a lot more responsibility that comes along with it can you sure of course 
I think when you're a partner, you know, as a chef partner, you have to be able to understand the difference between being a chef and then being a partner in the way like as your chef responsibilities are to, you know, keep your food costs in line and your labor and make sure the food is going out good. Being a partner is a much more global perspective of the business. You're not just worrying about one department or just like, you know, one piece of the pie. You're really paying attention to all of the aspects of the restaurant are we giving good service is your relationship with your gm great uh do you have a vision is it being carried out you, know, you align yourself with people who have good work ethic like you and you know and we might have learned the sleep on it but the listening thing i definitely <laughs> learned from her because i think when you're a chef sometimes you are yearning to be heard and in that, you're not listening to either what people are trying to tell you or, you know, what your guests are telling you or other people around you. So I think the perspective of, of, of a chef wanting to be a partner, just know what you're getting into and be sure that you're ready for it because it's not, you know, it's a, it's a long-lasting partnership. That's what you're hoping to have, not just equity in a company and whatever dividends come from it, as you were saying, but it's more of the relationship. You know, you're there with, like, sword and shield, uh-huh. with your partners and you hope that they have your back as much as you have theirs at all time but ultimately it really is about the restaurant yeah and that shared you know, goal exactly yeah and I mean so you have some very long-term partnerships you know what has been like the secret sauce or the common thread that's really kept it together and kept everybody engaged I'd say communication definitely number one is it's so hard because sometimes you try to keep it inside because it's so uncomfortable to talk about some stuff and you're like oh maybe it'll just go away and I don't recommend that you know this is this is advice that probably isn't going to be helpful to anyone but the first year that Mark and I were partners at a restaurant we had called Five Points we got a couple's counselor did you yeah completely we just we could not stop fighting that's I believe it but yeah I mean well we don't have a couple's counselor but there's been moments where I'm like Alex and I are also a married couple so I sympathize with you and then you layer on the kids and holy shit and layer on layer on chef in front of the house yeah and you're you're, like this I mean we're still chef in front of the house even though we have a different kind of business but um but yeah for sure I think there's always you know I think partners of any kind can probably benefit from couples therapy in some ways. So don't be afraid to do it, people. Um, Yeah. Do you want to talk about like, how do you come up with new business ideas when you're thinking of a new restaurant concept? I think you had some, you know, you were saying that they sort of. I think that we are a very different kind of company in this, in that we never sit around in an office and go, we're going to open one restaurant a year, you know, we should do this, or let's do Mexican. I hear that, you know, profit margin on Mexican food is really good, or nothing has ever come about that simply. It's always something way more organic. Like I was saying that we open Rosie's because Mark, my husband, has such a passion for Mexico. You know, he had been going many times a year cooking cooking with our cooks cooking with our chefs going to mexico with them sleeping on floors digging in pits whatever it meant that he could do mexican food i did say probably somewhere he wishes i was a nice mexican woman <laughs> but he uh, you know but that rosie's came from a passion from that and that we had a really great mexican sous chef at cookshop mm-hmm. who we brought on to be the chef at cookshop so it was a much more organic way of doing it and with Shuka, you've yeah. heard the story, but it was very organic. You know, it just came from 
you know, we thought we hired this one chef. It turns out, who knew? She was like this passionate <laughs> expert in Middle yeah. Eastern. You know what I mean? So it was like, oh, this makes, you know, I also, I, I believe really do what you love. You know do what I mean? So if there's a love for that kind of food, if, you know, I'm pointing to no one's here, but if there's a love for Middle She's Eastern She's pointing food, at Aisha, yeah, who pointing loves Aisha. Middle Eastern. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I think so a lot of, almost everything we've done, not almost everything we've done, has come more organically. I wish I could tell you it's, hey, we do A, B, C, and D. No, but that's a really important point is like you shouldn't do things. And Aisha, you said this earlier while we were having, you know, while we were having pizza is that you don't do things because of money. You do them because of their passion and you love it and you believe in it. I think it's important. I mean, it's a difficult job. Front of house, back of house, the restaurant industry. It, uh, you could take a beating from it. You know, I tell people all the time, I have great days and really shitty ones. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do what I love to do. And I feel very fortunate to do that. Yeah. And it seems, you know, just from the other conversations too with Aisha with Shuka, we talked about Hillary with Vix and you said, you know, you built that restaurant for her. So it just, you know, you it really comes through that your group is really about the people and that's how the partnership really Yeah, we literally out. had no idea. We had no we were not gonna open an Italian restaurant. That was not in our thing, it was not in the plan. And that we met Hillary and we're blown away. It's amazing. Um, let's go to some audience questions. So thank you all for DMing us on Instagram when you heard about the wonderful restaurateurs who are going to be here today. So, Sure. We'll start with, uh, we have one from uh, Domingo, Brooklyn. And they ask, in a business partnership, how do you ensure that each partner does an equal amount of work? Go for it, Aisha. <laughs> yeah. We all do different things. Right. So it's easy for us to do we we just do different things like I mean chef partners I mean wow um, they're in kitchens they're working um, we're in restaurants restaurants itself make sure that you do the work because it's physical you know right. and so. I think we touched on a little bit or you guys touched on a little bit that it's you know it's less about who's doing what and it's you also, know, who you are and yeah. it's also not going to be equal yeah. you know what I mean right. Aisha works way harder than we do <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, chefs always work the, harder than the front of house. This is the aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> She's shaking her head yes in the background. You know you're going to end, our, end our partnership with this podcast. It was yeah. nice knowing you guys. Yeah. Don't nice be mad at us. No, but this is, but what we were saying is... What we were saying is know who you're picking for a partner. Yeah, right. That's all I can say is know that they have a work ethic. Right. There's, or a similar one to yours. All right, second one comes from Dam Oscar. Uh, what is the hardest part about owning a business with a significant other? Vicky, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, <laughs> a lot. I think that it's just you're two really passionate people, who really, and we are on different sides, and you really are passionate about the side that you're on. And it's really, you have to just sometimes put yourself back, listen to your other, you know, your spouse, your significant other, and put yourself in their place because sometimes you're so used to being in yours and what you want and what you need. And, you know, I like I told you, I've, I've always been really honest with this. It was bad in the beginning when we opened Five Points. I was like, we're not going to make it. I literally didn't think we were going to make it. You know what I mean? But over the years, we just learn, you know, I hate to use the dumb old word of compromise, but there's compromise, there's communication, there's all that. Yeah, I would, I would second that on 
our relationship, right? I, I think also the sleeping on it is usually a good the idea. The sleeping on it is a good thing. <laughs> I, n- yeah. I never do it, but you have I should. A, it's hard to have empathy and put people, put yourself in other people's shoes. Right. And I think that goes for any relationship, whether you're married or partners, because I think at the end of the day, you're talking about people's emotions and their hard work. And chefs are very passionate people who are very creative and it can be very personal. So there's definitely that like stepping back and I'm not trying to attack you. This is a business. Right. I also think you have to take a little bit of the personal. I mean, it is personal, but it can't be like, well, if you're doing this and you don't love me, you know what I mean? Like there's a very, it's a, there's a separate thing at business, even though you are. Yeah. Significant others. Exactly. I think the other point that we've talked about a little bit before is having very different roles is important. I Highly think. suggested. I don't, yeah. When I see two chefs that are going to be partners, scares I'm like, me. scares the <laughs> scares yeah. crap out of me. Like, Unless yeah. it's like savory and pastry, then sometimes, uh, yeah, but that, that, I would, that yeah. would... But again, it's but, different roles. I yeah, think but it's yeah. different roles. But yeah, that would... That would scare me. That would terrify me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, should we do light, lightning round? Yeah, so we'll, we'll move into our fun lightning round. Well, um, these are meant to be quick responses, so, you know... Yeah. So don't overthink it. it. Just, um, just go for it. Uh, I'll take the first two. Okay. One word that describes how you feel about being your own boss. Aisha, you want to start? Um, <laughs> I think Vicky, take that one. <laughs> Joyous. Joyous. <laughs> okay. Uh, number of days off in your first year of business. Let's say your first year of Shuka, or um, I don't know, the first year. I'll go back to 100 acres. Definitely okay. not many. Three. <laughs> three. First six months was very difficult. Okay. So I would say three. Yep. And what yeah. about now? How many days off now? Two days a week. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Living the dream, Chef Aisha. Yeah, the All dream. planned out. All planned out. To go. Vicky, what about you? How's it changed for you? Oh, it's changed. It's changed drastically for me because I am not. I'm not the operator. I mean, you know, I, there's people in there in the day. I'm not the general manager anywhere. You know, I actually think now I think I have a really, I think I have a great life. There's a little bit more balance. Cool. Um, I think this one, if you can all answer your own version, that'd be awesome. Um, you're a world-renowned traveling speaker on the power of partnerships. Give us your one-line motivational quote or like your book title. Can I go first? Please. <laughs> this is Aisha. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say relentlessly pursue your your growth as a person, as a chef, as a partner, but never back down in a good way and never let yourself down to make sure that you really put out there what you really want because in a lot of ways, and I'm not a corny or hokey pokey person, but dreams do come true. And I think that Shuka and the next restaurant were definitely part of my plan. And you can create your own destiny. Create your own good. destiny. I like it. Can you ask me that question one more time? (laughs) I'm serious. This is a one-liner, right? Yeah, you're a motivational quote for for uh, you're like a speaker on partnerships, and you're telling it you're an expert, and you're like spreading the gospel on the great partnership that you have. So I got one line. Yep. Uh, I think um, a great partnership is truly knowing when to listen to your partners. That's good. Yep. And for me, I think a great partnership um, makes me makes the whole experience feel complete. Cool. Some good answers. You want to take the rest? Yeah. So can you name one trait that your partners have that you don't that's intermission, inter, instrumental in your business and success? So I'm going to go first. Um, I'm lucky enough with these two ladies here. Uh, it is taste. 
taste. She has taste uh, of in design and 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 the how the restaurant looks and feels and all of that and it's classy and it's elegant and it's all the things we need in our restaurants. Aww. Aww. This one has taste. <laughs> She's pointing to Aisha. And it's all about the food. I mean, her food, you, uh, there's layers to it, you know. So, the, I mean, you wouldn't have a, you certainly wouldn't have a good restaurant that, without yeah. that. So. <laughs> good taste. All right, and I'll do the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So, with Anna Marie, she is every bit the leader, the manager that I am not. I mean, there's really, I always, what is that saying? Um, rule with an iron fist and a whatever, well, it's an iron right. fist and a soft something, but like the minute Anne Marie walks in the room, I think everybody straightens up a little, and yet she's incredibly kind, and it's not fear, it's just there's a presence the minute she walks in the it's room. being a boss. She's boss. <laughs> and Aisha has everything I don't have. I mean, she's an incredible cook. She's, I, I, she has, I think Aisha has the biggest surprise for me with Aisha is that she has an incredible business brain. I'm humbled and grateful. That I don't even know how to follow that up. I would have to say that I'm inspired by Vicky because I think that she's a visionary on a lot of points, that she has a vision, but she knows how to make it come to fruition and make you be part of it, which inspires me. And I would have to say that I feel that Anna Marie has really uh, been an instrumental part of my, I guess, growth as part, as part of like maturing as a leader. And being able to see different perspectives of things that I wasn't able to do. Listening is a, is a big thing that I obviously she said that that's the title of her uh, international yeah. tour. Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it, it's been a really a fun ride. And I, I look forward to what's happening next and to be sitting here with these lovely ladies. This is a quick yes or no. Do you guys hang out outside of work? Yes. 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 Do you still wow. date nights with Mark? Can I ask you that? Yes, yeah, I do. You do? We have date night once a week. We try, at least. <laughs> once we a week might be pushing right it. Right after the That's our goal. <laughs> That's our goal. We try. Um, favorite thing about owning a restaurant? Flexibility. Aisha? I think it's the, up, the platform to really yeah. put out, you know, your vision. Yeah, and I think for me it's that. It's actually having having a say in what's happening and not just yeah. having to do what someone else sees, but you get to see your vision come to life. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't have a vision, you wouldn't be where you're sitting. Right. For sure. Least favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Just one. <laughs> just, just one. I guess it's my least favorite thing right now is when I feel like I'm failing with our, with um, some of our staff. You know what I mean? There's not, there's so there's so many people now that I feel sometimes like I I don't know I guess I feel like I'm just not doing a good enough job. How many employees do you guys have? Over three hundred. Wow, uh, over three hundred. It's amazing. You no, know, our first employee came to us from part time from Cookshop. That's true. Yeah, who? Yeah, Jason. Jason Gleitza. He's oh. the yeah. pastry chef at Covino. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, now. Yeah. You remember right. Jason? Yes, yeah. Do, yeah. Best chocolate chip cookies, yes. Jason. We yes. love you. Yeah. <laughs> Send chocolate chip cookies. So he did get the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I think Amanda yeah. never gave it to him. I don't I think, think he tried. Yeah. Yes. There's some lore around yes. the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> there is lore around <laughs> cook shops ago. Sure. Um, yeah. Anybody else want to chime in about? 
Least favorite thing? Least favorite? Least favorite thing. Mm. That's hard, right? Yeah. That's good. That's nothing. Good. You can you can have nothing. You can say nothing. nothing. There's nothing wrong with the restaurant industry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's probably <laughs> if if there's anything to be that 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 uh, is hard about being in a restaurant is maybe the unsociableness of it all, which seems like craziness. Right. But as in, we're going to be working when everybody is off. We're going to be doing the holidays when uh, that's the hardest part with families. I. But I've actually even come to weigh terms with that because I'm like, I get to be off when everybody else is doing stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's quiet and it's peaceful and stuff. So I, I've come to terms with it. But if I have to pick anything that seems to be hard, I, I feel sometimes that that can be hard, that you have to choose um, between yeah, the business. I mean, sometimes. it's still quality of life, right? I mean, no matter right. how, no matter what part of the restaurant business you're in, I mean, there probably are people that are, definitely better at it but you know the restaurant business the overwhelming thing always is how do you work life balance yeah right that's with everything yeah there's always that struggle with work life balance but it definitely is exacerbated by by the restaurant industry for sure all right cool um we're gonna move on at the end of each show we like to shout out a couple of opening soon restaurants as well um and i know you guys have one but we have uh silver apricot is I believe from uh, Simone Tong of Little Tong in the East Village is going to do in the West Village now. Um, and I think that one's going to be a little bit more of like a tasting uh, version to the menu, as well as uh, Cedric's at the Shed from Union Square Hospitality Group. Do you know a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's their new, co- it's similar to like a porch light kind of concept, but um, but now downtown. So cool. should be good. And then give us, well, we've only heard a little bit of hearsay Who about Shuket. opening What's soon, Shuket. Ahem. Yeah, they point to me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to the worst thing about the restaurant business. <laughs> to be a chef in the basement. <laughs> Prelude. Exactly. That's a little foreshadowing. For right. Shuket, oh, folks. she's foreshadowing what yeah. Shukat is going to be. Oh, so, no. so Shukat is going to be on 24th and 9th. Although I want to make so much fun of Aisha, who had the dress wrong for the last like four months. <laughs> she's been With, sending contractors to no, the wrong she's, place. She's been telling people all this. I'm not going to mention the neighborhood in case someone lives there, but a whole different area. And everyone's like, really? Why? <laughs> and then I kept getting mad at my, my Uber drivers are dropping me off at the wrong address. I was like, why am I walking this far? Why am I in Brighton Beach right now? This is not where the restaurant <laughs> is. But anyway, it's opening on 24th and 9th, and it's opening up in the old co-pizzeria spot. And it's... It's so cool. I mean, it's normally it's in a strip mall, the only strip mall in New York City. And normally strip mall would just be that word that makes me cringe. And I lived a tiny bit of time in L.A. So strip mall, just me and strip mall is not. But I love it because it's the only one in New York. But it is going to be Middle Eastern. It is going to have similarities to Shuka, but it is not going to be just another Shuka. It's one big open space. There is a huge kitchen with um, coal grill in the middle of it Ooh. right in the middle of the whole place and why Aisha said that because because I'll be in the middle <laughs> <laughs> there is no basement there there is is right. there's yeah. no basement I'll be up there greeting everyone and we really wanted to have like a very interactive uh, restaurant where like if I'm cutting a piece of steak for an order and the little pieces of the end is there you know the chef's cut just put it on a toothpick and like pass it to pass the person the that's on the guest and have people be able to ask questions to the staff like what's that and I think it was important for us to. Yeah, there's 30 seats around. She has an audience of 30 people around the uh, this long, this big counter that's in the middle, and the restaurant is very interactive. But it is, it's 
just going to be like really about Aisha and bringing her up. And I hope it's going to have a little bit in a good eating way of more of a party, more of someplace fun that you're going to. I hope that people talk to the table Will next to them. there be New Year's them. parties at this? <laughs> There's definitely going to be, be the some. after party, perhaps. The yeah. after yeah. party. Yeah. That's a great uh, idea. You heard it here first. <laughs> The, the shook after dark. The shook <laughs> after <laughs> dark. Or maybe it's the shook early morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, she I doesn't like it. early morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, we All can't right, wait cool. to visit. Yeah, we're looking forward. That's fallish. No, summer. Summer? Okay. It was supposed to be summer, summer. but now it's going to be fall. Oh, we fall. believe that opening late will summer. be well, late summer. Late summer, cool. early fall. Probably. I mean, the latest it will be will be September. Cool. Which is a great we're, time we're to excited. open. We're excited. We're looking forward it's to it. It's a perfect time to open. Yes. Uh, next week, tune in as we chat real estate with uh, Aaron Pentinkin and Agatha Kulaga of Ovenly. With four current locations across Brooklyn and in Manhattan, they should be a great resource on finding the perfect space for success. So we're excited to chat with them. Um, tune in next week to hear a little bit more. Thanks again, uh, super special thanks to Vicki, Aisha, and Anna Marie for being here and sharing their partnership stories. Um, Thank you. If you forgot us. to take your notes today, we've got your back. You can check on uh, our blog on tillitnyc.com, and we'll wrap everything up uh, and give you the key points and takeaways from today. Obviously, you can always still catch us on um, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your podcast. Uh, tell us where we can find you guys. You've got like 18 Instagram accounts. So <laughs> you know, yeah, you give can. Give us where you do we can, go. I mean, would you say to go to Shuka? Instagram. I mean, you can go to Shuka. Don't ask Shuka. Aisha where it is. She right. probably <laughs> will give you the wrong address. But add Shuka NYC. We have Cook sh- Cook Shop NYC. Mm-hmm. Vicks. And New York. York. And New York. New York. New York. Vicks, New York and Rosie's uh, NYC. NYC. Cool. But you can also call any of the restaurants. They will give you our emails. They will give you our websites. You know what I mean? You can contact us through websites. There's we're very easy Open to book. contact. Yeah, at the Bowery Group. But cool. I want to say congratulations to the two of you oh, on thanks. what an awesome podcast. And I think it's great to have people, your peers that are in the industry, really, um, you know, lay out some foundation and some groundwork to listen to stuff about the industry they can relate to. Cool. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much really for sharing lot. with us. Yeah. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at We Are Opening Soon, and at Tillet NYC. Thanks, guys. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family and become a member. Thanks for listening.